Evie was a friend whom I will miss very much. When I have the privilege of publicly saying goodbye to a treasured friend, I usually try to find a passage in the Bible that becomes like a key that unlocks some of the specialness of that person. I tried several passages until finally I came up with this passage from the book of Judges. Deborah, a woman with special connections with God, was judging Israel. She used to sit under the palm of Deborah in between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim. And the Israelites came to her for judgment and wisdom. Many years ago, Evie joined the Deborah Circle at Shepherd of the Hills. They would gather once a month for fellowship and Bible study and service. I talked with three longtime members of the Deborah Circle, and they said that Evie was a faithful member right until the time of her death. When she no longer was able to drive, Joan Oyas would pick her up. And her friends unanimously agreed that Evie was always well prepared and she contributed well in discussions. The more I listened to them, I came to believe that Evie had some of the same gifts attributed to Deborah, the namesake of her circle. Deborah lived in the early years of Israel when it was only a loose connection of tribes and periodically led by a charismatic leader when it was necessary. Deborah and Barak were a pair of those leaders and they were called judges in the scripture. Deborah had a special connection with God and she provided wisdom while Barak was, the, was a soldier and who would lead up a bunch of farmer soldiers periodically to, to, over against a common enemy. And Barak said, I will not go into battle unless Deborah goes with to provide her wisdom and her direction from God. And it's really highly interesting that in a highly patriarchal society, this male publicly admitted that he, his success depended on the wisdom of a woman. Now Deborah even had a page in the sacred scriptures given to her as a part of Israel. And so it was that a group of women here at Shepherd of the Hills chose her as their role model and Evie was one of them. Now I came to know Evie really quite well in these past 20, near, surely almost 25 years. I first came to know her as the wife of Grover. And when I would watch them walk, walk in, Grover, this big sturdy man, would walk in and then, and then Evie would, would follow behind. Now he was a powerful executive at SuperValue. And I came to learn, however, that when he came home from, from work, he would consult with Evie for her wisdom and her judgment. Now, Evie was clearly the matriarch of her Hagen family. I've been a part of many celebrations in the Hagen clan. I've done baptisms, I've done wedding, I've shared in holiday meals, many of them, and also in other events. I remember sitting next to Evie many times out at the ball field, and she, and she would be there when, when Callan or Jason was playing baseball or softball. She knew her baseball very, very, very well. And she was a Twins fan until right before she died. Now, what I observed over the years is that every member of the Hagen family, you're all sitting here still faithfully in touch, have kept in touch with mother and grandmother 
and great-grandmother all the time, never left. Evie was not a public figure, but she was an important part of the family, an important part of this church, an important, an important member of the Hopkins community. She had a strong sense of what was right and what was wrong. She didn't waver about her priorities or her values. I personally felt the strength of her friendship. She had my back, and I will miss her as my friend and as my sister in the faith. Goodbye, Evie. We at Shepherd of the Hills thank God for our own Deborah. Thanks be to God. Pastor Hub uh, is uh, our senior pastor emeritus, we like to call him here at Shepherd of the Hills, and uh, I am always so grateful uh, when Hub has, uh, takes the opportunity to provide eulogies and remembrances for our longtime members. It's impossible for any one pastor uh, to have caught the glimpse of Evie's uh, life here at Shepherd, and for 25 years, Hub, and still to this day, you continue to care for and love Evie's family, and I know they are grateful and we are grateful. Um, that same spirit is sort of how we do everything here at Shepherd. I'm grateful to my colleague, Pastor Joanna, because she cared for Evie uh, deeply. Our parish nurse, uh, Kay Wothy, uh, our office staff, Sean Wackeltz, even our uh, dutiful and most faithful member of our staff, Kevin Wicks, has cared for and loved uh, your mom, your grandma, your great-grandmother for many, many years. I'm grateful to all of them. Uh, grateful to her and grateful to you for those many, many years of love and care. Uh, like Hub, uh, one of the gifts of listening to a life like Evie's is sort of catching the spirit of who she was and then reflecting on the life of faith that she lived and finding a scripture passage uh, to match. I'm not as creative as Hub, uh, but I did find one that I think uh, sort of gets at it. Uh, it's a story about a Sunday supper uh, with Jesus and his disciples. It's from Matthew 26. While they were eating, Jesus took a loaf of bread, and after blessing it, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take and eat. This is my body. Then he took a cup, and after giving thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood in the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sin. I tell you, I will never drink of this fruit of the vine again until that day when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. The gospel of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, stir up your holy power this day and come. Send that spirit into our heart, our minds, our souls, and our ears, that we might give thanks, rejoice, and celebrate the gift of Evie's life and her family. Let the spirit that gave her life give life indeed to us today as that life still continues to hold her gently in your hands. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. It's amazing to me how, on the one hand, 94 and a half years of life can feel like such a beautiful span of time and such long and gracious span, outliving her expiration date by 13 years, according to Jean's recollection of herself, since her mother died at 81. And yet, on the, at the same time, 94 and a half years feels 
like not enough for all of the Sunday dinners and invitations and joy and love and laughter. In fact, had we just not spoken just a few days ago over at Perkins on Highway 7, she with a giant plate of cheese-filled hash browns as Jean and I tried to convince ourselves how great our salads were. <laughs> For Evie, it was 94 and a half years of discipline and love and ritual, twins baseball, communion at church, Sunday dinners, chocolate cake, or at least the frosting that was pretty good and worth scraping off apparently, and the single baked potato for the grandchild who didn't like them mashed. Who is that? <laughs> Excellent. Because <laughs> that's how Grandma Evie rolled. It's amazing to me to ponder that nearly 60 of those years were spent right here in the midst of this family of faith at Shepherd of the Hills. Joining with Grover in 1957, she and her family wove their lives into the fabric of the tapestry of this fold of sheep like no other. Grover sowing the seeds of faith by laying sod at the parsonage, Evie working in the office, answering phones, and did I get this right, grading Julie's sermon notes? I'd like to see those grades, please. <laughs> and so many of those Sundays sitting up front with Grover and Quinton and Flo, neatly and quietly stitched into the family of faith. That is, neatly and quietly until Jason and Callan arrive on the scene, at which point there is too much party at the table in the Hagen Showers clan, and so you have to slide back a few pews. Instead of four from the front, we're now four from the back a situation not remedied until today, as Evie is once again escorted back to the front. For some reason, it's kind of fashionable and often human nature for the generations to sort of look back or look in the past and critique the ones that have gone before us. I don't know why this is our trend. It's always clear in the doing of these things that none of us are perfect. When anybody is going to look back or look forward, let's hope they look on us with grace and love, for we are indeed imperfect, fallible, and notoriously stubborn in our Norwegian Scandinavian way of having made up our minds, and this is just how it is, because this is how Grandma Evie rolls. But today, under the cover of God's grace and love, we see our human frailty through the lens of forgiveness, baptism, and celebration. At the end of the day, after the end of it all, all of us, and Evie today especially, is a beautiful, beloved child of God, sealed with the Holy Spirit and marked with the cross of Christ forever. Her identity and ours always crystal clear, beloved child of God. Celebrating the gift of 94 and a half years gives all of us a brief moment to pause and to reflect on these generations of life 
to give those who have gone before us and walked the path of life and to see how their lives have so impacted and been woven and intertwined with ours. And we have the chance to then determine if we're still on course, to have the opportunity to see the many gifts our parents like Evie have given us and then to discover the ways that now we are the ones who are stewarding the spirit of life that they have so generously poured into our hearts. Jean and Jerry and Julie, I see your mom and your dad in your faces. I hear them both in your voices. I feel them deeply in your spirit and in the eyes of your grandchildren and great-grandchildren and the life of your family. Because you all know you have been so deeply loved. Beloved children of Evie and God. I'm grateful for Evie and her generation. Apparently, I'm told, she never told anyone who she voted for. I love this. <laughs> Not even Grover, which I think, I'm told, made him very angry. <laughs> because I got the sense that, and if I hope I've got this right, that kind of thing is between you, your conscience, your country, and God, and that's it. And win or lose, you get up the next day and you do your life. No complaints or comments. Ritual, diligence, duty. The fourth pew, because that's how Evie rolls. And so from that fourth pew, when your family comes driving home from the Sunday ritual at church, and Callan, in her own words, recounts the ritual and the truly grand grandmother that Evie was. On the way together in the car after church, Callan says this. Throughout the drive back to Grandma's, we talk about the rest of the day's plans. After church, my brother Jason is having friends over to watch a football game. My dad is doing yard work. My mom is going to prepare tonight's dinner and I'm going to my tennis drills practice. Jason then asks the fateful question, Graham, are you coming to dinner tonight? A smile toys at his mouth, anticipating her reaction. Oh my, Jason, she declares, I wish I could, I wish I could do Evie's voice because I hear it so clear. I can't do it, I want to though. Oh my, Jason, do you feel the need to ask me every week trying to fatten me up? We all laugh at this and accept the reality that she will insist and insist on being too busy or that there are leftovers she has to eat, but we all know that after church, when we arrive at home, my mom will call her and persuade her to come over using her magic ways. Now, in reality, what will likely happen is that she will deny that in invitation to dinner like six times, and only after seven asks will she finally not tell Julie, but Jean, that she's coming over for dinner, but not actually admit directly that she's coming over for dinner. Because this is the ritual and the Sunday scene, and I, I love it so, because it is an exposure of the complicated beauty of all of our humanities. The incredible need for independence, 
and yet the desire for intimate connection. The need not to be a burden, and yet the humility of a human being in need. And then the flat-out testing, do you really want and love me? And the deflection of love so deeply needed and desired. I wonder, in fact, if this doesn't feel a little bit like God's invitation to the communion table for all of us on every single family Sunday gathering. Please come, God says. No, I'm too busy. Oh, but next week then. No, you don't need to bother. I've got plenty of food in the refrigerator. No, it's really not all that trouble at all. It, it's just simple bread and a little bit of simple wine. Nope, that's okay. I, you know, I'm not really worthy of your attention. You've got your own family. I don't want to be a burden. It's, it's all fine, I know. But please come. Your family and friends will be here. You need them. They need you. Oh, I'm fine. Hey, Jesus, would you uh, bring me over to God's house for supper? <laughs> if we're given the gift of wisdom that I think Evie got, we suddenly recognize that we are always children, beloved, in need, and always called to dinner. In her wisdom... When Evie finally did arrive at family supper here at church on Sunday mornings, at the banquet table in recent years, coming to kneel at the communion rail, she'll settle in closely with Julie, nestled up against her side, who will now assist her with the wine because her hands have become too shaky. The roles of life have now shifted four pews from the back, as the one who once guided those small hands on a sippy cup now need those same hands to steady her own, a cup of wine and a cup of love. The complicated and conflicted love and grace of life that God has given to us is that today, Evie moves to the head of the banquet table and after at least six denials, of course, she is once again four pews from the front. Thanks be to God that she has arrived safely at God's house for dinner today. The difficulty can be is that for all of us, we too move up one pew in the congregation of life, one row closer to God's complete love and care which is a bit unsettling when we are given the wise insight that we are all God's beloved children and in need of coming to dinner. So, Steve, Sarah, Brian, Kelly, Katie, Chris, Jason, Callan, and all 11 great-grandchildren just know that when you start to invite your parents over for Sunday dinner, they're going to decline seven to six times. So you have to be sure and ask seven. Because that's how Evie 
and God and your family roles. Amen.